Welcome to Let's Face the Facts. I'm David Almeida, and I'm your host for this rewatch podcast for the classic sitcom The Facts of Life. I'm an actor in Orlando, Florida, and every week I bring you some of the greatest talent in the Central Florida arts community. Join us as we synopsize, analyze, criticize, and ultimately idolize the show, episode by episode. Hey guys, welcome back. Another week, another show. How are you holding up during all the corona crazy? Things are starting to open up again. I don't know how I feel about that, but I'm personally just staying home a lot more. It's just a weird, crazy time that we're living in. We we know there's going to be a new normal. We just don't know what that is because normal still seems a very, very far, far distance away. This week, though... I am so thrilled that I got my friend Robin Kelly on the show. She is an actress, a singer, a musical theater improviser, master improviser, actually, and just so entertaining and funny, and I'm just thrilled to have her on. She is a person you may have seen on your TV on Friends or on The West Wing, We do talk a little bit about that in the interview segment. Before we start the show, though, I do have to say hello and give a shout out to two new Tutti Fruities. These are the supporters through Patreon who have pledged $3 a month to support the show. First, I need to say hi to Harvey H., I've actually talked about Harvey H. before. He's the guy that first brought to my attention the awesome website called Sitcoms Online. And uh, there are some very interesting message strings there about the facts of life, and I've learned some interesting information there. So I recommend you pop on over there and say a little silent thank you to Harvey when you do. And secondly, Marion H., Marion hails all the way from the Great White North, and I'm very pleased now to know that I am uh, a worldwide phenomenon for my tens of listeners, and uh, I really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for the financial support. If you want to be like Marion or Harvey and support the show, you can head over to patreon.com slash facethefactspod, and you can support the show for as little as a dollar a month, but... If you don't support the show at all, that's okay. So back to the show this week, Robin Kelly and I watched Season 5, Episode 5, What Price Glory? And the original air date was October 19th of 1983. Are you ready to jump on in? Because I know I am. Let's face the facts with Robin Pedretti Kelly. Ladies and gentlemen, via Zoom, all the way from her bed in her pajamas, it is arguably one of the funniest women on the fucking planet, Robin oh Pedretti Kelly. Hey, everybody. <laughs> I am Hi, so happy we finally got this. To- we have tried, we've made two other attempts years i feel like like we've been trying months maybe yeah it's certainly been months if not the better part of a year we were going to do it right around the time that you were you were moving and it was like something to do Uh, with the new house happened and i was like yeah and i'm still surrounded in boxes so i'm really winning at life because i've had (laughs) two months sitting around doing nothing where i could be unpacking 
and I have not. <laughs> <laughs> That's like me and my exercise. It's that, that whole thing of like, oh, well, you know, if I wasn't working so much and I just had unlimited right. time at my disposal, right. I would be cut and buff and, you know, I'd yep, be... I, I have done nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've done, you see, at least the, the one thing I will say, this is not a one-upmanship. I've done a lot of stuff, but that is a way of avoiding the exercise and the like exercise, eating yes, better course, yeah. and all that. It's like, it's literally <laughs> been, I, I need to do everything but. And yep. the trouble is oh, the I list is getting shorter and shorter and I'm getting closer and closer <laughs> to where I'm going to have to do it and I'm not going to be happy. Yep. Yep, exactly. <laughs> oh, Lord. And then the second time it was, you were supposed to come over like the, like in the before times when we could come to each right? other's houses. Yeah. Oh, and, the good old days. <laughs> and you were like, I remember you texted me. You're like, David, you're not going to fuck up. My car won't. Like you had a problem with your car or your husband yep. had a problem with his my car. My husband's car. Yep. And like, we've now, um, since then we've put in uh, about $4,000 into this car. Oh boy. And right when we got it all fixed, we didn't have to drive it. We've been, it's been sitting in the driveway. For yeah. months. <laughs> so that all yep. worked out great. One tank of gas um, will last you 16 weeks now. Oh my God. Yeah. I know That's, I'm getting, I'm getting two months to the gallon. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Well, you and I have watched the wonderful, I would argue oh a very special episode. Oh, of, so serious. But yeah. called what serious. price glory this originally broadcast on October 19th of 1983. The episode was directed by Asad Kalada. He was the one who mm -hmm. directed most of the episodes. Mm -hmm. And it was written by Alan Spencer. This is the only episode uh, this man ever wrote for the Facts of Life, but he would go on to create a series called Sledgehammer. Do you remember Sledgehammer? I do. 86 to I 88. I do, yes. Mm -hmm. That was My his. My good old high school days, yes. Yeah, and then uh, he has gone on to be uh, a very respected script doctor. So he doesn't mm -hmm. have a lot of IMDb credits, but he's been working a lot and probably making a lot of money. Right, and, right. Yeah. So as you said, back to your high school days, our high school days. I always like to ask my guest first thing, if you have a relationship with the show, did you watch the show in the first run? You know, I... I wasn't like an avid viewer. Um, I would catch episodes kind of here and there, but I wasn't like a run home, you know, that night, you know, watch it, uh, follow it. But I did, I did watch, you know, kind of episodes here and there. Mm -hmm. um, I was more of, I was more of like the, the happy days, Laverne and Shirley kind of gal, oh. but, oh yes. But, oh, um, but no, I mean, I definitely, definitely watched it, but, but probably not as avid as maybe you, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> and my thing is that I was an avid watcher in the early seasons, but then I slowly mm. fell away from it because as, as the show got into the crazier, later, not as well-written seasons, that was when mm -hmm. I was in college. Because, ah, okay. Um, I, I don't believe you are, you're not a person who's very concerned about divulging her age, but... You are. Oh, I have no issue whatsoever. I just turned fifty, and I am proud to uh -huh. say it. You you put up mm -hmm. some amazing pictures of yourself, Listen, and uh, I shaved my head. You I, did. You cut your hair yeah. off. Yep. You look more like your son than you ever did before. <laughs> it's incredible. But yeah, so you're a year behind me. So you're you're basically the same age as Tootie in the show. <laughs> yes. You would have oh, been Tootie. Yes. Bless. Bless. God bless. 
So the deal is, um, I'm sorry, you're not the same age as Tootie. You are the same age as Kim Fields. Kim Fields was playing two years older than she actually was. I did not know that. So in this episode, Tootie introduces herself as 16 as a high school sophomore. But in fact, Kim Fields is 14. Wow. So that could be why... At the um, at one point, there's a point where you're like, "Wow, you almost would have thought that she would have kissed this boy," in this episode. But there's right, a little right. weirdness uh, because I think there might have been a bigger age difference than right. was apparent. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and uh, yeah. So before we get into the the nuts and bolts, the really um, microscopic dissection that I like to do. I always like to ask my guests, please, if you, Robin Pedretti Kelly, would please give me a one to two sentence synopsis of this episode, just something short like you might see in a TV guide. What did we just watch? The the gang faces some real issues with a, a moral dilemma between love and doing the right thing. <laughs> that's beautiful it's so stupid <laughs> no nothing there are no stupid answers no <laughs> that is beautiful and uh yes that is what we're dealing with and uh for let me just add on to that that this is for all intents and purposes this is the illiteracy episode well i was gonna say that i, mm-hmm. I was gonna say literacy but i you know i don't know everything is so like taboo anymore of like what to say but i guess going back to 1983 we can still say illiterate though can't we i mean she she called yeah i think she even said the words illiterate like one of the characters said illiterate like yeah illiterate yeah i Um, think that's still okay a word to i'm yeah if it's if it's not an okay word to use uh spoiler alert and uh trigger moment i'm gonna use it a couple of times near because to my knowledge the word illiterate is still an okay word to use yeah i would say that maybe i I think more nowadays people maybe instead of illiterate i think i guess i i've heard more uh learning disability is kind of more of what people say i guess these days i don't know maybe I will look it yeah. up and if there is any issue and maybe we'll stick with that. But, but that uh, will relate to uh, one of the notes that we're going to talk about later that I have for the writers about the show. And uh, let's get to it, shall we? Are you okay, ready? Okay, let's do it. I'm ready. Okay. We start off in the store, Edna's Edibles. Now, I have to admit, I've been watching these on smaller screens, and we're only five episodes into the Edna's Edibles years, you realize, Robin. This is all very new. Right, right. And um, so- And Edna's Edibles would have a completely different meaning these days. (laughs) (laughs) Matthew Arter says, if you watch the show, thinking of it as a drug front for being that they're dealing pot (laughs) on the side, it's a much more enjoyable show. But there is so much um, mauve, the the sort of dusty rose, not quite burgundy, not quite mm-hmm. you know berry red. But there's there there are such eighties colors. Uh, oh my god! Mixed in with all of the woodwork, and then the hanging garlic and the baskets and the oh, rattan. Yes. And yes, it's it's such a so good. It's such a homey place, and. <laughs> So bland. Yeah. <laughs> so bland. But, I love but it's it. Like, it's like a warm hug from a bygone yes. era, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
And yep. um, so Blair comes into the shop and she is, there's this immediate weirdness that I think is going to be constantly gnawing at me through the Edna's Edibles seasons, Robin, okay. where Blair comes in through the front door of the store. Good morning, everybody. Uh, oh, isn't yes. it a glorious day? And I'm like, um, it's the front of the store. That's where the customers come in. Right. And you live there in the back oh of the God. store. So God, she's so annoying. Blair, is, she's not one of my favorites. <laughs> you don't like Blair. No, she's so <gasps> annoying. Yeah. She's so annoying to me. I... Yeah, two weeks ago, you would have been really unhappy. She was a, <laughs> she was a witch with a capital B. Oh, she just c commands the... Look at me and the annoying... Yeah. Voice, yeah, okay, but I know a lot of people like the Blair, but a lot of the comedy in the show is her being that, but Joe and the others knocking her down a few pegs, and that's right, right. not what the show was about this this week. So sadly, we don't get the sort of payoff of Blair being so self congratulatory, right, right. Um, but 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 back to just the entrance of all uh, before, oh, yeah. above all, the entrance is like. If, if this is kind of a good morning, what a beautiful day, it's like you just saw these girls. You just had breakfast right, with right. them. <laughs> right. You just brushed your teeth in the same bathroom that all five of you share. Right. right. Uh, but, because she okay. just needs to make a statement. She's just always making a statement. Yeah. Look so at me. She, so she clearly got ready, went out the back way, and then came <laughs> around the front to make an entrance in the front. Her grand entrance, yes. Yeah. Well, actually, you know what? I, I did just actually double check myself. She doesn't say good morning. She does say hello I'm, all. Oh, hello Hello all. all. Okay. Isn't it a glorious mm -hmm. day? And we do know she is coming from a different place. Right. But still, it's like, but you live there. Why wouldn't you go home yeah. versus the store? But I guess Blair needs to boast, and this is certainly of the place she, she knows does. she can do it. So I guess... I will begrudgingly give the writers right. a little pass. Okay. All right. Just a small pass. I don't have to like it. So Blair is just effervescent and Ugh. so completely, I have done, you know, some people split atoms, some people cure cancer, but I have done a wonderful thing because I'm Blair fucking of Warner. Of course. Of and course. What she has done is they needed entertainment for freshman night. And right. so she offered up Cousin Jerry, her cousin, who is a stand-up comic, mm -hmm. whom we've met before. Yep. And she's promised them to use Cousin Jerry. And basically, they're like, does... Without asking. Yeah, does Jerry know this? And it's like, yeah. oh, that's a formality. <laughs> mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. Blair does say, um, did you get this line? I'm going to be the next Don Kirshner. Did you get that reference? Yes. Yes, I did. Uh -huh. Yes, I did. He was a big-time music producer... Yep. Uh, talent uh, guy in the music business. Well, not so much stand-up comedy, but he was a big... I love you, that she referenced him. <laughs> well, it was bigger at the time-ish. If you've ever yeah. seen Gilda Live, the Gilda Radner Broadway show that they filmed and released, mm -hmm. Paul Schaefer does an amazing impression oh. of him, which he used to do on SNL. They would do Don Kirshner's Rock Concert, which was a TV awesome. show. And uh, yeah. So then... Um, that's sort of the A plot. We have an A plot and a B plot, which is not typical to the show. Typically, the shows have just one plot, but this is one where right. this is clearly, and in fact, this is the B plot. We get introduced to the subplot first. Now, the A plot right. is where a boy comes in the shop. 
Uh, Not just any boy. My a goodness. very tall, attractive, young African American boy and girl. He Jeff is Williams. Jeff Williams. Jeff mm. Williams. He is beautiful. Now I looked up on IMDb. I looked up Todd Hollowell. Yes. Oh, did look at you doing homework I for did. me. I did. Well, I was just curious because I, because I wasn't an avid watcher of the show. I wanted to see if he was just a one episode character or mm -hmm. if he had an arc. He was on for like nine episodes or something. Honestly, I think the chemistry between them is really good. <laughs> Do you think? David, come on. You don't agree with me. I don't. It's so hard to tell really anything with, with the with the acting chops. Like I just. <laughs> It's so the, cheesy. Yeah. But okay, I'll I'll give it. But this is only me watching like one episode. So I guess they continue to see each other and oh, okay. then they stop seeing each other, but then they get back together. I think he goes off to college when he gets Did back. Did he ever learn how to read, David? I don't remember if we ever addressed it. I hope so. I, I can't wait to find out because Yeah, we gotta I, find out. Yeah, I don't know these episodes the way I knew the Brady okay. Bunch once upon okay. a time. I'm discovering <laughs> right. as I go as well. Okay. But what I can tell you, and this is big time, spoiler alert right now. <laughs> uh, after mm -hmm. Tootie and Jeff reconcile, they end up engaged before the end of what? the show. They are engaged. <gasps> and that is 1988. By the time we get around to the reunion movie in 2001, Tootie is now a successful daytime talk show host. Host Whoa. of Wake Up With Dorothy, I think is what it's called, because Dorothy's her real oh name. Oh my gosh. And she has a that daughter. That is amazing. Oh. And we don't know what happened to the father until <gasps> a ways into the episode, the daughter says, why do you never talk about daddy? <gasps> is it and Jeff? she is it says, Jeff? And she says, I don't talk about him because Jeff was the love of my life. And when he died, <gasps> I was devastated. <gasps> exactly! Yes! Jeff dies! No! no, did he ever learn to read before he died? <laughs> this is what I need to We don't oh, know! No. <laughs> ah. But isn't that amazing? This is our introduction to this character, and but you know, but his legacy he lives on. He has a child, and and he and Tootie oh had a God. apparently a happy marriage for oh baby Toots, baby Toots. Yeah, oh. for over a decade they they were married. So uh, yeah, it's oh like oh my God. Well, now I feel bad about making fun of his acting skills. He <laughs> died. God. But um, but he's being honestly for a young actor, he's being asked to do a lot here. I think. Yeah, so yeah, let's, I'm, yeah. I guess I'm giving him a pass. And because I know he's going to be around a while, I'm like, right. oh, this, it's not, it's not the greatest. Oh, but it's Jeff. We, we love Jeff. We really do right. genuinely like him and we're glad right, right. he's here. Oh, um, my. So um, Natalie, of course, Natalie being the horny one, she is the one who <laughs> immediately mm -hmm. is like, whoop, I got to stop inventory. I got to go wait on the customer. Right. And Tootie <laughs> right. is like, Tootie is like, bitch, you pick that back clipboard back off. up. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's it, she's just Tootie, stop short of saying, Natalie, you turn around and you yep. go back behind that counter right Absolutely. fucking now. Yeah, get the fuck out. This is my this is this one this is, is my mine. Jeff. She mm -hmm. does say yep. it. 
So mm-hmm. she comes in, and there is some really fun flirting going on because uh, he's the star quarterback over at Bates, which is the brother school to Eastland where Tootie goes, the all boys. David, he is the football team. Bingo. And Tootie says that. And yep. uh, he is, uh, well, well, the first flirt that Tootie gets in there is he says, uh, you know, I'm kind of hungry. And she's like, well, we got this or that. And he says, how about a hero sandwich? And she says, huh, you make any sandwich, you eat a hero. Yep. Yep. And Blair is like, that was good. <laughs> and then when he says, I, I, I play on the football team. And Tootie says, huh, I hear you are the football are team. Are the football team. Yes. And once again, yes. Blair turns to Natalie and says, that was inspired. It's like, Tootie <laughs> is crushing. And I mean, she, think of it. She, this is going to be her husband. It's like, you oh go, gosh. bitch. You, you saw what you wanted and you yes. went and for it. You get that man. Make that man a sandwich. Yes. <laughs> God. Oh, my goodness. And I do have to point out that when uh, Blair is complimenting her flirting skills, we do get a cutaway of Joe looking very not into it. Good God, Joe is pissed. 24 <laughs> 7. She hates Joe, hates everything. Yeah, it's a crazy She hates Joe everything. Episode. Yeah. God, well, yes. the thing is, we've only been in Edna's Edibles, like I said, for, for five. This is our fifth week now. And the right. deal is, Joe has somewhat taken on the, the role of taskmaster as being the unofficial manager of the shop. So Joe right. is the one who's always having to crack the whip. She's always having to say, we've got oh. to do this. She was saying two weeks ago, she's like, Mrs. Garrett, we're still in the red. And I'm thinking, you've been open for three weeks, girl. There's, how, how is there red? How is there red already? Mm-mm. Yeah, it's like you, you wouldn't expect to be in the black after three weeks Mm-mm. of opening a brand new gourmet food totally, shop. Totally, totally, totally. Owned by a woman who has never, ever owned a shop or been right, in a retail right, business right. before. Right. The lovely thing is that we have Joe playing up that she's annoyed that they're not hitting the books and not doing the work. Yeah. But there's yeah. also for the lesbians out there, the whole thing of mm-hmm. <laughs> Joe's not impressed with the flirting with the guys. Mm-hmm. Now, may I ask a side note because Please you are do. such an avid an avid Please watcher? Do. Yes. Was Joe surely they never went over her sexuality during the show, right? Or Absolutely, did they? they did. She is heterosexual. Oh, they... Stop it. She is married. Tootie is engaged when Stop the show it. ends in season nine. Joe is married. We have Joe's wedding. She is the first of the girls to get to married. To a man. To a man, yes. <laughs> I have to say that Holy... now. Holy... Like now, there was no ever dis- there was no discussion of her being possibly gay. It just was it just was never never ever. She's nope. getting married to a guy. Like that's it. Yeah. Wow. The, I did and not the know subtext, that. Okay. yeah, the subtext of of her frenemy relationship with Blair. If you read it the way certain people do, it looks like you know she's unimpressed with Blair flirting with guys. Sometimes it's like because she wants to keep it for herself. Holy. But, but there is so much watching it with those eyes. There is so much fun. Oh my God. And an interesting stuff going on. Such an interesting dynamic. That's but so funny. No, Joe is, Joe is and always has been 100% heterosexual. And oh, and Joe's uh, taskmaster stance is exemplified by Tootie gives Jeff the sandwich for free. She's like, uh uh-uh, uh, 
you, you see, I see oh, she you. she was so mad about that. Yeah. You, my man now. You're getting free so food. So mad about that. And Joe yeah. was like, God damn it. We don't give away free Not food. How mm -hmm. dare you? Mm -hmm. and Not then, happy. Yep. So that's more of, that's what Joe is playing. Not, I also I noticed the. I also noticed the amazing editing of um, how quickly Tubi made the sandwich. Just a fun little, just a fun little fact. <laughs> yes. She spread the mayonnaise on and within like, like, and then it, it cut to just handing in the sandwich. It's yeah. just a very, very quick sandwich maker. I just thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. It's like wrapped gifts with the lids already. <laughs> it's just like, yes. oh, look, it's unwrapped now. <laughs> it's that sitcom trope thing. Uh, so, um, Mrs. Garrett then comes in and she sees him and she's like, oh, and uh, oh, and by the way, I do my bad Mrs. Garrett impression and you are welcome to join me if you are so inspired in any point. I okay? love that. So she comes in and she says, oh, haven't I seen him on a box of Wheaties? <laughs> and... And it's true, people. Is that oh still a thing? Do they still put athletes in the boxes of Wheaties? Is that you know, I think they do. I think they do. Do we have, do we have they, Michael they, Phelps and? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure they had like Simone Biles. Like, but I think you have to be like like an incredible athlete. I don't know if you can just be the football team <laughs> to yeah. be <laughs> on a box of Wheaties. I, I think you have to win several yeah. Olympic medals. Yeah, yeah, but the but the response is, uh, you will, you will see him on a box of Wheaties. That mm -hmm. is how promising this athletic career is. <laughs> and so Tootie gives him so the sandwich, good. and again, the flirting is off the chain. She is so, oh, so good, good at it, and she says, "I yeah. hope you like the sandwich. If you like it, maybe you'll come back." And he says, mm -hmm. "Oh, I'll be back even if I don't like the sandwich." Okay. Yes. <laughs> and and I still when I'm hearing these lines now with you saying them, I'm like, wow. And she was 14. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Playing 16. I can't get that out of my head. Yeah. The character no, totally, is 16. But... The actress is 14. Ooh, yeah. Uh. Yep. Yeah. And so then before he leaves, he asks Tootie if she would be his date for the mm -hmm. victory party after the big game coming up. Mm -hmm. And someone even says, uh, how how do you no, there's going to be a victory party. And it's basically, I'm playing. Yeah, I'm the football team, damn it. I am the yeah. football team and we are going to win because... Of course have, we're having a victory party. What's that from The Mandalorian? Okay. I have spoken. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the Nick Nolte little, little yes. troll character. <laughs> um, so moving All on right. to the next scene. Yes. We are in the living room, the living space mm -hmm. behind the shop where... Um, uh, we are post date now and it is Tootie and Natalie. It's girl talk time. And they're sitting on the couch yes. and they're talking about what a romantic three days it's been. They've been dating for three I days mean, now. Yeah. This is it. Yeah. yeah. So, and Tootie's like, and I, oh my God, we are so good together. And think of it. He's a future athletic star and I'm going to be an actress and I'm going to be a star. We'll be able mm. to support each other in our big time careers. What a power couple. Yeah, you, exactly. Yeah. She's already envisioned. It's like, hey, set those goals. You go for them. Yeah, absolutely. And then did you catch on the, the two, the, um, is it Tootie or Natalie? No, I think it's Natalie who says, God, you guys are like Marilyn Monroe and Joe DiMaggio. Yes, yes, And it's yes. like, uh, they got divorced. Uh, 
Anyhow. And then she says, Alex Karras and Susan Clark. Do you know who they are? I don't. Uh, they're the they're the people on Webster. Alex Karras was Mongo oh in Blazing gosh. Saddles, a former football star. So there is kind of okay. Yes. I see the point. Okay. But, but they he and his wife were the husband and wife on Webster with Emmanuel Lewis. Webster oh is an God, ABC yes. television show. ABC. Why are they plugging wow. an ABC wow. show? Why did that happen? Because we've had references to other shows, and they. Typically, they're NBC shows. Typically, it'll be uh, Let's Be right. Careful Out There from Hill Street Blues totally. or mm-hmm. something yep. like that. Um, but anyway, I just thought that was interesting. But I guess they're trying to think along the lines of he technically is the athlete and she is the actress. He right, transitioned right, right. into acting. And right. then the last one she says is Joe Namath and everybody. <laughs> I didn't get that. Oh my God. And That's funny. I mean, Late 70s, early 80s were the years of Joe Namath. He was, yeah. he was an athlete turned actor turned, uh, there was a series of ads with him selling pantyhose where they actually had him in the pantyhose. Yep. Totally and, remember that. Yep. Uh, but the thing is, I'm not aware, I don't remember him being known as a man whore. And that's what I this is alluding really to. Either. Yeah, Joe Namath. I, yeah, I don't remember there being a lot of talk about him being kind of this, this a Playboy type either, of a thing. But yeah. Okay, so I'm not crazy. Weird. This is good. No, I don't remember that at I'm all. I'm glad we came up in the same time that I can verify with you. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Us but oldies, then, yep. Yeah, so then, remember our B plot? Well, we got to get back to that. Well, of so course. in comes Jerry going, no, no, I don't want to fucking do it. And Blair is like, yeah. you have to do it. And Jerry is you like- You have to do it. You have to make me look good. Yeah, and now if you say no, I'm going to look like a fool. And she's like, Fine by me. I'm like, yes. <laughs> I love, I love Jerry. And uh, Jerry's <laughs> awesome. And it's like she's opening for a rock band, and right? Like she's like, that's not my audience. They're not going to be there to see me. Yeah, it's Jerry be... not being set up for success at all. Yeah, no, not at no. all. Not much else really happens in this other than we see Mrs. Garrett leave because Joe is going to drop her off and then take her car in. And right. as, I, as I've said so many times, Mrs. Garrett is slowly becoming uh, an appendix, an extraneous part <laughs> right. to her own show. Mm-hmm. This is where her joke, the, the joke they write for her is, uh, Joe, you're going to take my car to the garage. And that's where they're going to rotate my pistons, right? Rotate my pistons. Yeah, that was funny. And it didn't really get a laugh because it's like, not you got you to gotta think about it. You're like, yeah, you don't rotate pistons, but that's not, not as commonly so understood weird. as people realize. But <laughs> I will point out, she does say, Joe was going to drop me off at my friend Sylvia's. I believe this is the first and possibly the last and only time Mrs. Garrett has ever talked about having a friend. Really? Mrs. Garrett has never, she's dated men. So she's been, you know, she's gone on dates. But her having a girlfriend, a contemporary, this is, I cannot remember there ever being a time we've ever heard. Yeah, I just, yeah, always about just the girls. Always Mm -hmm. her her with the girls, yeah. Yeah, and I believe the word is the girls. The girls. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. 
But Joe's big thing is uh, she needs to get the inventory finished. God, the, the fucking inventory. Jesus. And Tootie uh, has been putting it off. So Tootie's been slacking because mm-hmm. the last three days she's been spending a lot of time with Jeff. And Natalie oh, is Jeff. like, yeah. And Natalie's like, mm-hmm. oh, come on. And Mrs. Garrett is like, yeah, cut her some slack. And Joe is like, Look, according to my calculations, she owes the business six point two hours of work. <laughs> She's so dumb. I'm glad that there is the allusion to somebody keeping track of the hours being worked. Well, somebody has to, yeah. Yeah, because this sort of ah, live here and work here agreement, you know, handshake agreement right. they've landed on for this these two seasons that we're going to be doing this, right? Right. It is a little shaky, like, is someone keeping track of this? <laughs> because uh, before they had a right structure built in as far as you're working in the cafeteria and you will help make three meals a day, period. Right. And so <laughs> right. just throwing that out there. So then All we right. go on to the next scene back in the store. And now Tootie is doing her inventory work. Mm-hmm. And Jeff is hurrying her along. And so... She's like, well, you know what? I could get through this faster and then we could go to our movie if you would help me. So she says, yes. here, hands him the clipboard and says, you write, I'll read. And he's like, ah, I can't concentrate. I've got my head, I'm, you know, the game. Yeah, I'm the football team. Yeah, yeah. All the yeah. Foot, football, playbooks, things, thoughts, feelings, can't. Right, right. And um, so she says, okay, fine. You don't want to write then? You read them to me and I'll write them. And he's like, ah, they all look the same yeah. to me. I don't want to that. Yeah, deflect, deflect, deflect. <laughs> yeah. So she starts like reading them. And, and, and he's like, whoa, 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 slow down. And she's like, what's up? And she says, what's the matter? Can't you read? Oh, and, bonk, bonk, And uh, if there were a soundtrack, that's what you would have heard. Yes, yes. But the deal is he does that sitcom thing, that sitcom trope of when you are in conflict or there's something uncomfortable, mm-hmm. what do you do? You turn your back and walk away from the person. Okay, that okay, that brings me to something that that I actually I did write down in my notes watching. Mm-hmm. The the blocking and the crossing and the cross stage mm-hmm. left and sit down and then stand up and cross right and yeah. turn your back and God, I love eighties blocking. Like it's just. <laughs> Uh, just walking with a purpose and sitting down and saying your lines and oh god I loved it and they they did it a million times this episode it was so yeah. good yeah there was a lot of angst motivating the oh, moving yes. so yeah yes. this had a lot of that going on so then he fesses up reading's not my thing okay and she's like what do you mean it's not your thing and he says the coach says don't bother I'm up for nine colleges football yeah. scholarships and Mm-hmm. And Tootie says, well, how do you pass your tests in school? And he says, people help me. And she's like, what do you mean? And he says, mm. they get me the answers and I memorize them, like the way I memorize the playbook. How do they get their hands on the tests prior? Oh, Robin, that is a question I think all of us are asking ourselves. I l- yeah, I really want to know how yeah. that happens. I, yeah. I do too. Because it makes, so, so Tootie says, so people cheat for you. And, 
it, it is weird because it's like I've never so, heard such a thing. Yeah, so there's a kind of a sense of are the teachers in on it too? Because they're like, right, we we got to win the football game. Uh, yeah, the teachers might be in on it if if they're I giving mean, out the tests early for somebody to get the answers. Exactly. So he says something to the effect of, um, "Now come on, Tootie, let's not talk about it." And he goes, "I don't want my girl looking like a sour lemon or something like that." My girl. And that's it. And she says, your girl? And she says, what do you mean, your girl? And he says, I mean, like, I got sunshine oh, on the a singing. cloudy day. Not a oh. good singer. And I don't fucking care. It was so romantic. No, it was so sweet. Thank you, Jeff Williams. Oh, uh, so cute. And so they exchange, I care about yous. Mm-hmm. And then he says, would mm-hmm. you wear this? And he has a ring of some sort. One assumes it's a, a, is a football ring a thing? I don't even know. Yeah, definitely. Like if you win a championship, yeah. You get a ring. Um, but I thought that was kind of only in college, but apparently in the 80s, it, it, it was, was a high school big too. high school thing. Yeah. 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 Or it could have been a class ring, but yeah, he just pulled it right, right off his head and, and put it over her. Yeah. And puts it on her. And then there's just this moment of, it's they're playing it's it's a beautiful romantic moment but it is underlined by this unresolved issue of what the fuck with the reading yep Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so it's a kind of a slow fade to commercial and that's kind of our cliffhanger that we're left with Mm. (laughs) love it love it yeah me too so robin we're at commercial and this is the time when i like to do a little bit of an interview with my guests I always like to start off just basically a very short travelogue through your life and your career. So we start off with, where were you born? I was born in a town called West Covina, California, Mm -hmm. uh, just outside of the sort of LA area, Mm -hmm. um, and grew up in a little town called Fallbrook, California, which is about an hour north of San Diego. And... um, at 18, I moved out of my house and moved to moved to the valley of LA and uh, to lived seek there your for fame and fortune. Years. Oh, sure, sure. And uh, yeah, so I lived in LA for about 13 years and then moved to Orlando in 2003. Now, while you're living in the valley in those uh, <laughs> 13 years in LA, mm-hmm. you amassed uh, a very nice little career for yourself. I did. I'm very, I, yeah, I'm really proud of what I did out there. It's very yeah. fascinating how many people start in Orlando and end up making their way out to LA and mm-hmm. get it the other direction. But uh, talk I a did. bit about uh, what we will find in the IMDb page for Robin Pedretti Kelly. All right. So you're going to find uh, an episode of Friends, mm-hmm. 1998. Uh, the Christmas episode 98 is called The One with the Inappropriate Sister. So I really, really loved my time out there. But at 33, I kind of just was like, you know, I, I don't, I just don't know how much longer I really want to do this. And so I met a boy mm-hmm. and, um, and he's, he was great. And we both just were looking for you know, to kind of settle down. We didn't really want to settle down in LA. Um, so we kind of, we ended up deciding on Orlando and, you know, there's nowhere else I can think of that truly gives you a family feel like to settle down, have a family and make a living doing something you love, full benefits. Like mm-hmm. I, it, it just, we can, I, I can make a living as an actor 
and have a family in a great place that isn't LA. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with know? a supportive so, community where it's yeah, not yeah, the community here everybody you meet is all in the same industry. Yes. And, and fighting so for many, the same stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. And in Orlando, there's so you're right. There's there's like there are actors, but there are also techs, there are stunt people, there are makeup artists, there are like the community is just it's just incredible. And there's so many opportunities. And even though he and I did not did not last, um I decided to stay in Orlando after mm-hmm. that and just kind of build a, a, a career for myself. And I'm really, really happy with where I am now. So Yeah. And where you are now is uh, a very well-seasoned, well-experienced, and decorated Thanks. theme park actress, comedic, interactive, musical theater, everything yeah. at both Disney and Universal. And you also direct. I do. I, I did some directing at Universal. I directed um, their holiday show, The Grinchmas, Grinchmas uh, Spectacular, uh, Hula Day Spectacular. And I did that for about five years. And, um, you know, Universal is one of those places that truly celebrates their employees and they give you opportunities that mm-hmm. um, I just couldn't find elsewhere. And uh, so, yeah, I'm a full time contracted actor at Universal. Um, I am part of the ensemble at Sat Comedy Labs. So I do some improv. Um, and you've been doing yeah, live. Just, you've been doing live digital. Um, what yep. I try to say, streaming improv yeah. shows during the pandemic. Yep. Every night at seven o'clock, uh, we do we do a live stream uh, with a different person, a different topic. We're trying mm-hmm. to get comedy out there. Um, since Sac is not open right now, we're we're bringing it to people's homes. So. Mm-hmm. Um, and I met my husband and had a kiddo out here in Orlando. So it, it really, yeah. it really worked out well for me. I, I think had I been 23, I would have stayed in LA longer, but at 33, um, I don't ever feel like I gave up. I just, I was very happy and content with what I had done and mm-hmm. it was kind of time for just something new and different. And so I moved out here and I'm really, really happy that I did. Yeah, that's great. And because you had already uh, achieved some what, you know, you had already been kind of dipping your toe in the pool of the quote unquote big time, it would have been very easy for you to say, okay, I got to keep going now. I got it. The the big one's coming. I'm going to be a movie star now. I'm going to get my own sitcom. I just got to keep fighting and fighting. Right. And that is just so rare. Very proud of what I did, but it was time to kind of just look for something different. So I'm really happy with the change. So you move on to Orlando and matrimony and motherhood and your motherhood leads you to (laughs) another wave of stardom that just happened recently (laughs) with this group of yours called the Back to School Florida Moms. Yes, sir. (laughs) You posted some pictures that went viral and you ended up on the Kelly Clarkson talk show premiere episode premiere episode Holy her very shit. very first episode yeah it was so much fun we literally it was a sunday night the sunday before school was starting and my neighbor shauna down the street she's an amazing photographer and she was like she texted the four of us and said you know hey let's take like a funny back to school picture you know like like us being kind of like excited for the kids to kind of get get yeah. back into the swing of things so we can have our our mom life back you know kind of just just tongue in cheek um because mm-hmm. of course we love our children but you know everybody needs yeah. a little break so but, um yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's like, just grab some lawn chairs, some wine glasses and a robe. And let's just take something, a picture on Bridget's driveway. So we were like, yeah, let's do it. So <laughs> she ends up, she ends up posting that on her photography page and it freaking blew up. Like the reason I think it blew up is because real moms like us mm-hmm. could relate to the fact that, yes, we love our kids, but my goodness, you know, it, we're not teachers, which we ended up having to be this year. <laughs> but, <laughs> I know. Um, but, <laughs> Payback's you know, a bitch, huh? You all exactly, had to homeschool your Exactly, exactly. But, you know, we, we just, in order, I truly believe that in order to be a good mom, you have to take care of yourself mm-hmm. first and foremost yeah. to be a great mom to your kids. And so we just were kind of making a tongue in cheek kind of thing. Like, Oh, it's going to be so good to, you know, get the kids back into routine after this summer. And And we got so many comments from people totally relating. Even Kelly Clarkson, when she interviewed us, she was like, I loved this because I do this. I'm like every summer, you know, school's back. I'm like, bye. And she was like, (laughs) grab my wine. And so it's like, people could relate and it just, it went mm-hmm. viral and it was insane. We were on all the local news stations and it, we created a Facebook page. It was just crazy. So it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Yes, it was. I, I'll post uh, uh, the picture and the links okay. to the group on the, on yeah. the, the webpage for this episode. Awesome. And I will say that from so when you and I did laughter on the 23rd floor together at, so at Mad Cow fun. Theater, that was such an amazing mm fun production God, what a cast and and many of them have been on the show i've had tim williams and philip nolan and yes. steve pernick and uh so good among that i learned a very valuable lesson mm. even if she is napping in the dressing room and you go to starbucks you call robin and wake her up <laughs> and ask her what she wants because when you get back from starbucks and oh, Robin wakes up and finds out that you went to mm-hmm. Starbucks and did not tell her. Her Listen. wrath was swift and non-ending. Listen, <laughs> I take my coffee very seriously. You're starving. I don't. I have a major FOMO. Like, I I have a fear of missing out mm-hmm. on people going on a Starbucks trip and not including me. And yep. listen, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it, as you easily learned. Yeah, everything that rest of it was that was like our tech day. It was like our twelve and mm-hmm. our ten and twelve day, mm-hmm. and everything after that was like, uh, Robin, could you, you when you make your entrance, could you stand a little bit to the left? And you'd be like, Yeah, well, I could stand more to the left if I'd gotten some Starbucks. <laughs> and <laughs> you were never you were unrelenting the shit you gave us. Hey, listen. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like, I do not <laughs> like being left out of any kind of Starbucks trip. Yeah. It's I'm, rude. I'm, I'm the same way with dunks because I'm from Massachusetts. It's just a ah, regional okay. thing. It's, mm-hmm. it's all about dunks for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. Dunks. Well, I am thrilled that your celebrity, your second wave of celebrity in your life has oh, died down goodness. now that I've been able to get you for this little time that we're spending together. Oh, I, this is a blast. I'm loving it. But now, Robin, enough about you. We have to get back to the I mean, important seriously. issue of illiteracy. Yeah, I'm sick of talking about me. Illi- yes. <laughs> illiteracy and peak skill. That's what this could be called. <laughs> so we come back from commercial and they are all having a party 
and they mm. have punch that they made and put into a punch bowl and are serving in those little glass with the little see-through glass coffee teeny cups. tiny with the little teeny handles yep. little teacup little punch bowl cups yep. glasses and they are <laughs> celebrating what are they celebrating robin they are celebrating the freaking end of inventory oh, that god. deserves some punch and oh cups with teeny handles it deserves oh my it. god this inventory is over oh god, my I mean, god oh my god joe must be thrilled joe, what is joe gonna be pissed off about now she's got to oh, find something else oh she'll find something she's always pissed off yeah and here's wow. the deal this is a little fucking gourmet food store they with only open, so many mustards. They opened five weeks ago! <laughs> but they're in the red! Why do, <laughs> why do you have to count? What is the purpose of inventory? You haven't been open long enough to need to do it. Grab your receipts for what was delivered in the last month, and that's your inventory. Thank you. Jesus! My God. And what, you know, but listen... Had they not been doing inventory, we would have never known about Jeff's learning disability. That's true. That's true. Jeff would have, we would have, Jeff would have continued to coast by um, and, and relied on his friends who aren't really friends. <laughs> Some kind of friends. <laughs> oh. But God. we'll get there. We are getting ahead of okay. ourselves. Okay, okay, now we're getting ahead. Okay, so then Jerry comes in, and we have our extremely mm. unsatisfying ending to mm. the B story of this. And I, yeah. I'm going to wag my finger at the writers that they could have done okay. better with this. But mm -hmm. uh, do you recall what happens with Jerry and how the story ends? Well, they, um, the, the rock band cancels. Correct. Right? And they put in another comic <laughs> to uh -huh. replace. Yeah. Yes. And she, she's like, I'm opening for another comic. And then it kind of just fizzled. That's it. You, that's exactly that it. Just you just fizzled. said it. There's nothing else to it. And, it, and I, 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 but it, my thoughts are the rock band canceled and, and she yeah. did, and she did take the word and she herself said, uh, the joke they did was, um, she had agreed to do it. And then Joe says, yeah, she took one look at Blair's pathetic face and she had to say yes. And Jerry <laughs> says, no, I took one look at my pathetic bank account and I said yes. And it's right, like, right, right. preach girl, gig economy. Uh, yeah, preach. I mean, you, you hate to say no to gigs, Jerry. Yeah, and if anything, that could have been the end of the bit. That could have been the end right there, that yeah, Jerry's gonna do it. Yeah, it was so weird, yeah. And Jerry, Jerry gets the money, Blair gets what she wants, and that could have technically closed up that little loop and we could have mm -hmm. been fine. Yeah. But to add the fact that the rock band canceled, yay, she doesn't have to open for a rock band. And the new headliner is Robert Klein. <laughs> Robert Klein. And, and that somehow, to these vaudevillian old dumbass writers <laughs> of the sitcom, that was kind of a, oh. It's like <laughs> comics open for other comics all the time. Yep. All yep. the time. All the time. And in fact, so funny. Number one, this should have been a great honor. Jerry should have been like, I'm opening for Robert Klein. Robert Holy Klein. shit. Yes. That is, that's big time. 
But the other thing is that as far back as season two, when we first met Cousin Jerry, her career is already doing very well. She was mm -hmm. on either the Mike Douglas show or the Merv Griffin show. She's mm -hmm. been on national television with her right. act about her cerebral palsy. So right. she's no slouch herself. No, no. So I, but the fact that literally the last thing, the last word for this storyline was, I'm opening for another comic. Bram, bram. Terrible, <laughs> terrible. Bad writing. Yeah, bad it was, it bad was really, really unsatisfying. <laughs> totally. Um, yeah, agreed. So very, very bad. <laughs> and then Jeff comes over and mm, he is fine. I'm just going to oh, say. Jeff. Yeah, I mean, Jeff's, yeah, he, he took the teeny tiny handle of punch and he joined <sighs> in on the, the party. And yes, and even the nice thing that they blocked was he came in and as they were all, hey, come on in, join the celebration. He walks over and stands behind Natalie and puts his hands on her shoulders. Mm. Natalie mm. is his mm. girlfriend's bestie. And so that means that yes. they have a little shorthand yes. of they're cool and like each other. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I loved that. Love, yeah. Yeah. So he says that he passed his big biology test. And However, did he do it? Uh huh. And he has one uh -huh. more big English test. And at oh, that, that point, English test. in his words, he can sit back and let the colleges fight over him. Mm, mm, mm. And so the toast they make, they suddenly make a toast. I think sitcoms of the many sitcom tropes that are out there that are not mm -hmm. applicable to real life, people make a lot more toasts. So many toasts. In sitcoms so many than toasts, they do in yes. life. Have you made many mm -hmm. toasts like at a party with your friends and a group of people you know? I will literally tell you, I think the only toasts I've ever been a part of have been a wedding mm -hmm. and perhaps like a Thanksgiving, maybe. And that's yeah. It. Yeah, that's, that's it. it. For an mm -hmm. occasion like that. But just a, uh, uh, we're going to reiterate a we right. finished inventory party. Clink. Cheers. <sighs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Now let's do it. But the toast now, this is in honor of Jeff getting uh, sure. his, his good grade and the fact that his future is so bright. And Natalie does the toast to Jeff, not just another dumb jock. <laughs> and in light of this toast, Tootie turns away and Tootie yes. puts down her drink. At one point, she sat on the couch, like she sat on the arm of the couch because mm -hmm. she just knew there was, and that's when I knew like, ooh, she was, she helped him cheat. Like as soon as she, like everybody gathered around the table and uh -huh. she was in like the background and she sat down on the arm of the couch. Like I was like, oh, she helped him cheat. Oh, you right see, I didn't I see that. I did not see I that coming. I knew it. I thought it was just it. her thing of he got a good grade and she knows he can't read. Nope. Nope. But um, so uh, we then, Tootie ends up moping off into the store, going to the front mm. of the building. A and strong cross to the, to the other yeah, room, yes. Yeah, with, with, filled with emotion and angst. Yes, angst. And uh, so Mrs. Garrett falls, and of course, what's wrong, Tootie? <laughs> and, uh, Natalie is also there, and Natalie comes in and is like, I know what's the matter. You're worried when Jeff goes off to college that mm. you guys are going to fall away from each other. Don't worry. He'll write. 
And Tootie's right. like, no, no he won't. won't. <laughs> so then Tootie spills the tea. She gives the whole thing about he basically doesn't read and doesn't write. And he has friends who help him with the tests, who give and him the who answers. Who are these friends? Who are these and friends? Mrs. Garrett goes off on a friend's rant. Some friends. And she even says, I am angry. They're cheating him out of his future. They don't give a damn about him. Only football. Oh and, and thank you. It's like she was here, isn't it? I mean, yeah. <laughs> literally, literally with us. She is with but us. This is where they're like, oh, we, we can have Charlotte Ray do things here. Give her stuff to do. Have her take a yes, position yes, and, yes. and feel those felts. Yes. And so, but the thing about those friends who are cheating him out of his education, don't care about him. Tootie's response is, yes, they do. They care a lot. They, 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 I'm they. Yeah. And that's when it comes out like, Tootie. And she fesses up that she helped him with the cheating. So I guess she rappelled her way down the side of the building where the teacher's mm -hmm. office was. Yeah. And uh, Mission yep. Impossible style dropped down on a wire in a dun, full dun, black bodysuit to steal the answers dun, to the dun, tests dun, that dun. seem to be readily available to the students. <laughs> yep. I mean, she's, she's amazing. She is amazing that she, that she was able to get those tests. I yeah. mean, it's incredible. Yep. And how much time had passed? Like, like, They've been dating for, you know, how long? And then it she, was she three gets days. the test. Right, yeah. she gets the test and he memorizes it real fast. Yeah. Real fast. Well, that's, that's, I, I mean, I imagine that's a skill that he would have honed as far as ability to memorize that, you know, that's out of necessity. That's yeah. the only way I can see he's gotten by. Yeah, because at this he's, point. he's cheated so much that, yeah, he must be really good at it at this point. Yeah. yeah. So then in comes Jeff and he's like, oh, there you are. And he says, if my girl's in here, this must be where the party is. And I'm just like, oh, I love you, Jeff. You're so sweet and charming. <laughs> but, um, so uh, Mrs. Garrett and Natalie are like, shit's about to go down. Let's get out of here, shall we? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And uh, so Tootie basically confronts him about it. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, and he does say, I know you felt funny about it, but you know, it was because my friend got sick. I was just in a jam. I wouldn't have normally asked you. Yeah. Such a jam. Mm -hmm. He's yeah. And, uh, so then Tootie starts getting, laying into him about it, about mm -hmm. what is this, you know, what kind of a life, what kind of a future do you have? And he does say to her, he gets mad and pushes back and says, you're mm -hmm. getting out of line. And mm -hmm. then Tootie, in a dramatic left turn. Oh my God, yes. Tootie plays the black card. Mm. Beautifully. I, I am not going to lie. I did not see that coming. Me neither. I did Me. not see her no. playing the race card at all in this and episode. It was, and for that reason, it was effective. And I, here's another reason why. 
I've said so many times that Blair is the conceited one. Joe is the tomboy. Mm-hmm. Natalie's the boy crazy heavier one. Uh-huh. And Tootie's the black one. They really uh-huh. don't make a big deal out of Tootie's blackness. Only right. in a handful of episodes mm-hmm. is it an issue in all of the shows. The I mean, vast majority, she's just another one of the girls. Yeah. I mean, she went as far as to comparing the fields, yes. David. Yes. That was, that was like heavy. That it was, was heavy. powerful. But that's yes. it. Because the show had kind of been leading up to this, that this is not something Tootie does a lot. Tootie is not Mm -hmm. the crusader for equality Mm -hmm. and no more racism. That's not Tootie. This was her time, man. This was her time. And for for those who didn't watch the episode, Tootie says to him, Jeff, our people used to work in the fields. And if they wanted to read, they had to learn in secret. Now an education is our right. And where are you? Still on the field. I mean, damn girl, that's a, that's a mic drop moment for Tootie. Fuck yes, girl. So good. And I mean, is she wrong? She's not wrong. No, she is not wrong. No, we would be, we would be outraged if we would be having very different thoughts about this. I'm glad it resonated with you as it did with me. I was like, that is awesome. But there it is because they didn't always make plots and jokes and things. Yeah. Uh, they, they didn't make that they didn't make her race a constant reference point for that when it does come into play mm. damn it it's, it's hard big. yeah yeah it so, hit hard oof. it really did yeah i was watching and and you know it's all kind of light and fluffy and then boom yeah i was like okay go toots yeah Get it. it's it's awesome and then um And then she says, when you make the cover of Sports Illustrated, wouldn't you like to be able to read it? And his pushback is, I'm almost 18. I'm going to look ridiculous in a classroom full of four-year-olds with my knees up by my chest in those little tiny desks. Right. I don't want to look like a fool. I've got my pride. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, she says, it's not pride, it's ego. And he says, what will people Mm -hmm. think? Right now, everyone looks up to me. I'm afraid they'll laugh and that I'll lose everything. Well, and I mean, here's the thing. He's, he's not wrong either in feeling like that. I mean, that's, that's a lot. I mean, it, I think in the end they did the right thing, but, yeah, you know, to be this, this huge football star who is going to be looked at by nine colleges. Nine. Um, I think that that is something for somebody like him to consider is like, wow, am I going to be, am I going to have scholarships pulled? Am I going to, you know, there's a, there's a lot at stake here. Yeah. Football's all he has. Yeah, true. Uh, But, and, uh, and, and what is the final line of the episode, Robin? He says, I'm afraid I'll lose everything. And what does she say? You haven't lost me. You haven't lost me. And they hold Ugh. hands and look each other in the eye. Freeze shot. Credit applause. rolls. Credits. And yes. I mean, we've solved all of the problems facing the world right now. I, I literally, you know, we, we solved all the problems in what, 23 minutes, perhaps? <laughs> exactly. 26 minutes. Yeah. I mean, just so yeah. powerful. And yeah. by solved lo- all the problems, we mean not solved any problems at Mm-mm. all. Not at all. No, 
Mm-mm. Nope. Tune in next week for sure. Yes. Um, yeah. Look into each other's eyes. I always love that. Do they always, do they always end it with that, with a freeze shot? Uh, it varies most of the time. Yeah. Okay. But sometimes they okay. will actively do scene work or space work. Okay. Space work. And, and it's, and it's painful. I just want yeah, to know. I, the freezing and then the, the live studio audience applause. Just yeah. so good. Yeah. So, so, so good. 80s sitcom-y. But I, I, I agree with what you were saying before that there is a lot at stake, but here's where I'm going to, here are my notes for the writer. Okay. Mm-hmm. that the people in the writer's room, um, they're dealing with this sweeping broad thing called illiteracy. Right. And they're alluding to the fact that he can't read or write. Well, he has to be able to write if he's going to pass a test. He has to be able to write on a test. Listen, the only thing I could think of with that situation was perhaps it was all multiple choice. But <laughs> all. <laughs> but what is but an A and what is a B? The- Yes, you're right. Exactly. So these are good questions. So the idea of being able to be illiterate but coast through a high school education, mm-hmm. that's weird to me. Now, the thing is, this is 1983. I don't believe the word dyslexia was in our vocabulary. I don't think so. At mm-hmm. that point. So uh I think that could have been the the adjustment and that I will be sending back in my time machine to the writers. <laughs> The adjustment that I am requesting that they make is that this is so easy if you just change it to, I don't read well. He has trouble reading. That's a very common terminology for, wait a minute, there's something not clicking here. And if it's it's dyslexia. Go ahead. He says that that scenario earlier in the episode, uh, you know, I I know when to walk and not, uh, what what did he say? Oh, oh, like, yeah. He said, like, I, I, I know well enough to uh, go into the, the men's room and not the ladies' room. I know when to walk uh, across mm, the street, you know, yeah, that kind I of don't, thing. Yeah, I know so, to stop at a stop sign kind of a thing. Right. Yeah. So he can, he does know some things. So, so I do like your idea of changing it to I don't read well. Yeah. And because dyslexia is, you know, people can still read and write. It's mm-hmm. just letters and things get swapped yes. around from what yes. I understand. I've, yeah. I went to high school with kids who were dyslexic and uh-huh. you know what? No, that word was in our vocabulary. I went to high school with people. I remember sitting at an audition and a friend of mine just quickly coming over, like he was about to be called up and he just went to me and just said, what's this word? I just, I just oh, can't wow. figure out that he could figure out and piece together. Right. What it is. Yeah, but the the brain is wired so that they maybe they know the letters, but they can't form the yeah. word. Yeah. Yeah. Or you can read and get the basic gist and fill in the mm-hmm. blanks, fill in the spaces. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, this is and again a subject I am zero point zero an expert on. This is like literally what I've gleaned from uh, right. outside places I can't even cite. But the thing is that is that, so that was I remember that was like eighty. 586 mm-hmm. when I was mm-hmm. in junior, senior in high school. So dyslexia yep. was a thing. So they could yeah. have very easily just made it that yeah. uh, he had, because he has trouble reading, people are helping him. Friends are helping right. him to get But instead, by. they opted for just, he's illiterate. Illiterate, yeah. All right, girl, I have taken up so much of your time. Before we See, wrap up- This was up, so fun. 
I am so glad we finally, finally got to do this. Uh, Thank you. I, I, I'm so glad we have a global pandemic where you have no excuse <laughs> that you can't see. Yeah, you're I can busy literally. It's much, much easier for me right now to lay in my bed and do this than to have to <laughs> come over and find time and find childcare and blah, blah, blah. So this was perfect. Okay. Well, before I send you on your way, I'm going to put you on the spot one more time. Oh boy. Completely <laughs> random, anything off the top of your head, name a commercial from your childhood, any commercial for any item. Life cereal. Nike likes it. Ah, <gasps> oh, we haven't had that one yet. Really? No. Oh my gosh. You remember that, right? It's a new cereal. You want to try it? I'm not going to try it. You try it. You try it. I'm Let's, not going to try it. Yeah. Let's get, get Mikey. Mikey. <laughs> yep. Oh my God. Yeah. I uh, remember that like it was yesterday. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. He likes God. it. Hey, Mikey. He likes it. Hey, Mikey. And then they actually brought him back when he was a teenager. And it was like, Mikey yes. still likes it. Life cereal. Still liking it. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's a great blast from the past. I haven't thought of that yes. in so long. God, I, I love wow. that cereal too. Oh, God, it was so mm. good. Well, Robin, thank you so much for doing this. David! I miss seeing you. We do get to work you together too. at the Horror Makeup Show at Universal. Yes. On rare yes. occasion. I hope it is soon we're able to get back to it. I love you, love you. And thank you for having me. This was a blast. Oh, I love you too. And I can't wait to see your face in person again. All right, sweet boy. We'll All right, smooches soon. and goodbye. Mwah. And there you have it. That was Robin Kelly. Now, I did do a little bit of Googling, not too deep a dive, but I was wanting to make sure that the word illiterate was still okay to use, that it wasn't considered a really awful, politically incorrect term. And it seems that the term is okay. It's fine. It just seems like it's a little archaic and outdated because it's a fairly binary term and it's really more a symptom and the cause is more what wants to be addressed here, whether it's something like dyslexia or some other type of learning disability. So I think it's just uh, they are more likely, they being I don't know who, uh, are more likely to cite the reason for why the person did not learn, cannot learn how to read or write or has had difficulty doing so. Anyway, that's your somewhat educational moment for the week. Next week, I'm going to be watching Season 5, Episode 6, The Halloween Show, and I'm going to have another special guest. You can watch the episode for free on the Roku channel or at dailymotion.com, and you can check out the links in the show notes or on the webpage for the episode. I will put all of that there so you can see the episode for free. That's all for now. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you're staying safe and staying sane. And remember, the facts of life are all about you. Let's Face the Facts was produced, written, hosted, and edited by me, David Almeida. My theme song was beautifully arranged and recorded by Ned Wilkinson. Our website is facethefactspod.com. You have to drop the let's. And that's where you can find extra pictures, video, and audio extras from the digital cutting room floor. 
Follow the show on social media. We're everywhere under the handle Face the Facts Pod. You can become a patron of the show by going to patreon.com slash face the facts pod. And don't forget, go to your favorite podcatchers and subscribe, rate, and review. Tune in again next week for another thrilling episode of Let's Face the Facts. <laughs>